hold the silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi, I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 27th of May, 2009. Now, there's always newcomers coming into this show, so look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. You will be redirected to the Jankness site, and that's okay. All the stuff is on there that you need to know, all the, the audios going back for years that I've put up there for you to listen to for free. And you can download them to your heart's content where I go over the big, the big picture, filling in the blank spots, show you that the world is in actual fact a, a predetermined system uh, run by a very few people really, but they do have a thousand organizations or more that deal with every facet of your social life. And uh, a long time ago, they bypassed any idea of democracy. In fact, they had no intention of really giving the public democracy at all. And uh, really, NGOs and big foundations have been working uh, and putting politicians into power. Uh, politicians who are members of the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations, the Fabian Society, etc., putting them into power and really reorganizing government from within. That was the Fabian technique, and they've pulled it all off. They have a world society coming into view, but what they call themselves a new world order where specialists will literally guide us from cradle to grave all through our lives, experts, and we'll have no choices to make by ourselves. So going to cuttingthroughmatrix.com, they say it'll be transferred through to Jenkins and you can download as many of the archives, audios, as you wish. Also, look into alanwattsentinel.eu for transcripts of these talks, which you can download for print-up, and they're written in the various languages of Europe. Uh, those who support me, financially, that is, and there's not an awful lot of them, uh, I thank you very much, and I think it's time that other people joined in and kept me going, because I do have to put up other sites I've got trouble with um, Yahoo at the moment. Some big shot at the top has leaned on them to lean on me, and the comm site basically is stuck at around 6.5 gigs, even though I had under 10 gigs in the old plan. I'm on the new plan now, which is unlimited space, and they can't figure out what's wrong, supposedly. I can't upload to it. It's taken them since Friday, and they still haven't fixed it. But I've, I've got a little birdie telling me that bigger powers are at work behind this. And I'm sure a lot of people know that cybersecurity is well in action today. Well in action. And those who have been saying the truth, and there's not very many of them, uh, will definitely get attacked. And you've got to try and keep ahead by keeping up new or putting up new websites that's the only way to keep ahead of them at the moment. Eventually, of course, we'll all get pulled down and you'll be left with the space aliens and stuff like that and the outer limits. You know, there's so much happening now 
that it all basically adds to what I've been saying for many, many years, and that is that the public are treated as children. We're never really told the, the truth about anything. We're given fairy tales, really, fairy tales as excuses for things. I remember reading about uh, a man from a man who was an, a true expert in the mind many, many years ago. And he said that in politics, for instance, when they give an excuse to the public for some major change, if there's even 1% of plausibility to it, the public will accept it. Even though 99% is against it, we will accept it. And that's what's happening today with the excuses we are getting for everything. Back after these messages. Hi, folks. I am Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. Now, before I go on to my talk tonight, remember, for those who simply get disburned and passed to them because they don't use computers, you can get in touch with me if you want to donate or buy the books I have on the site at cuttingthroughmatrix.com. You can write to me at Alan Watt, which is W-A-T-T, site 41, box 4, Esther, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code is P, as in Peter, 3, E, as in Elizabeth, 4, N, as in Nora, 1. And that will be greatly appreciated because the costs, as I say, are kind of going astronomical at the moment as I put up uh, and get set up new sites to to at least fill in the gap should I get pulled from Yahoo. As I say, Yahoo definitely has, has been leaned on, and they're leaning on me. And supposedly they can upload to my site without problem from their end, but I can't do it from my end. And they just can't figure out why. Maybe if they punched in the proper code, uh, the access denied would be removed, and I'd be able to do it myself. And it's paid in advance, by the way. And it's unlimited, this space, etc. So it's up to you to keep me going. And those who donate, your donations are greatly and very needily appreciated. Last night I talked about how various doctors' associations now are trying to get a moratorium going on the GMO foods because of all the problems that it's causing and is well known to cause because the physical problems have been appearing in the general public for years now, including the diabetes, etc. We're being biologically altered, just like the altered the fish and everything else out there. Very, very simple. We're allergic now to everything, and that was known at the very beginning, the massive allergy problem to do with these GMO crops. Here's an article going back to August 2000, August 13th, 2000, and it was in the observer.co.uk. There's a special report, what's wrong with our food? Now remember, this was reported back then. All this was known back then by Anthony Barnett, public affairs editor. A 
health warning has sounded last night over the dangers of eating soya after two senior American government scientists revealed that chemicals in the products could increase the risk of breast cancer in women, brain damage in men, and abnormalities in infants. The disclosure which sent shockwaves through the multi-billion dollar food industry came after the scientists decided to break ranks with colleagues in the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and oppose its decision last year to approve a health claim. Now, these guys were working in the Food and Drug Administration, and they broke rank with their colleagues because the, 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 the politically correct way to put this thing across, the PR that the public was to get, was to try and suggest that it reduced the risk of heart disease, but these guys knew their tests had proved had proven the, the opposite. So, and they weren't prepared to lie. They wrote an internal protest letter warning of 28 studies revealing toxic effects of soya. In an interview with The Observer, one of the scientists, Daniel Dorge, an expert on soya, said, we have very real worries that this health claim will be used by the industry as an endorsement of much wider health benefits to soya beyond the heart. Research has shown a clear link between soya and the potential for adverse effects in humans. It says BSE and other health scares related to meat have led to rocketing sales of soya-related products in Britain, but it's not just vegetarian foods such as tofu that use soya. It's a key ingredient in products from meat sausages and fish fingers to salad creams and breakfast cereals. It's also the soya flowers now in pretty well every candy that you can buy and in chocolates and everything. So they knew this kind of stuff was happening back then. So why has been promoted from the top. Why have presidents just signed it through executive order into law that you must have this kind of stuff? Why have prime ministers done the same thing? Why is it a must-be? Well, it's a must-be because of what I was reading last night. The effect it has is bringing down the population. It's helping to cause infertility. That's a prime mandate for those who rule the world and all the big foundations that guide us along. At that meeting, I mentioned a few days ago, with the Billionaires Club, they call themselves the Good Club, with the Rockefeller, Gates, etc. They talked openly about depopulation and bringing the population down by two-thirds. It's great philanthropists. And they mean business. And guess what? It's part of government policies across the planet. That's why Rather than reduce the stuff, they're pushing more and more GM crops on the public. That's why. It's quite simple. These guys really mean it. In every report they have at the top, they're always on about overpopulation, overpopulation, Malthusian concepts. And they, they fudge figures since the day of Malthus. Malthus churned out charts galore. According to him, 50 years after his first chart was brought out, the people in Britain would have been standing five foot deep on top of each other and never happened. It was all fake. But they mean business. You see, they're all eugenicists at the top. And according to them, everything runs on economics. And if you don't have a purpose to set up this economic system in a post-industrial society, there is no place for you. You're simply a useless eater, as Lord Bertrand Russell called them. 
and they really, really do mean business. All this anti-terrorism stuff that was pushed upon the world immediately following September the 11th, 2001, in a coordinated effort with every country on board at the same time took years to plan in advance to have all countries on board and put in the exact same anti-terrorism laws worldwide. That takes years and years of planning. And its real purpose, remember, is to control society as they really take it down into the new. That's its real purpose. And for a totalitarian regime, world regime, it's essential that everyone must be 100% predictable. Therefore, you must have daily data on everything that you do. That's the real meaning of totalitarianism. That's what it's all about. Remember, Kissinger gave a speech over in Europe, I think it was Germany, but he was asked what did they mean by terrorism, what was the U.S. definition. Kissinger said that according to the American definition, a terrorist was anyone who opposes the new world order. Remember their earlier Fabian writers, the PR writers like H.G. Wells, wrote back in the 1920s that many would die fighting the new world order. He called it that too. That's the words he used. This is an ongoing agenda, hidden from the public as they're entertained, as they're given trivia, more trivia than any previous generations that ever had access to. Hundreds of TV channels and stations to play with. But they're told nothing about the truth. They're treated as children. They're kept as children. And the media out there, the media's job up until now, has been to keep you as children by giving you lame excuses for everything that's happening and never telling you to ponder this for yourself. Because like Brzezinski said, in the 1970s, shortly the public will be unable to reason for themselves. They'll, they'll look to the media to give them their thoughts for the day, basically. And that's been happening. There are some children out there that will ask the obvious questions that, that adults won't. They'll ask why all the time. Why? When something makes no sense, they ask why. You know, the big food, I used to wonder when I was small, because that's when, in Britain, the, the processed foods were coming in very, very quickly when I was small. And mothers and, and, and families started to eat more canned food. And really, there was only two main canned companies, and that was Heinz and Campbell's. And I thought, this stuff, obviously, is, is the same across the planet, these companies are supplying how many millions of families with these foods. And there was something about it that, that put a question mark in my mind. Never mind the money and the power to get to that status. Never mind the incredible advertising that cost an incredible amount of money. And, of course, they were putting GMO, not GMO, but they were putting the, the, the various MSMs, MSGs, sorry, into the foods 
substitutes that penetrate deep into the taste buds to make you addicted to certain tastes, so much so that children growing up in that era eventually wouldn't even eat homemade soap that was full of nutrients, etc. They liked the canned stuff. That's what they were used to because it gives you an instant hit. They put it in all candies as well to do the same thing. And I've said before, too, that in a totalitarian system that had to bypass any ideas of democracy, you could never truly have free enterprise on a large scale because everything would have to be underneath the control or within the control of the rulers. That goes with all food. That's why you've seen the food agribusinesses, which I'm sure all one in reality, going for the entire food of the planet. And I'm sure the big boys that did the canned stuff are part of it too. Back with more after these messages. you couldn't have free competition especially when it comes to technology food who owns the food obviously since it's a warfare technique food has been used all down through the ages as a weapon and therefore who did make these big corporations a long time ago is it just coincidence that John Kerry remember married out of all the people on the planet he was so desirable that the heiress of Heinz married him. Is there something in common somewhere? With all this processed food. And you think, well, what's wrong with that? I mean, what's wrong with processed food? They're just businesses. Are they, are they really just businesses? Are they really? Here's an article going back to January the 7th, 1998. And it's, it's about an experiment that was done on children in the U.S. It says MIT to pay victims $1.85 million in Fernald Radiation Settlement by Zarina Hussein, Associate News Editor. And this is from The Observer. It says MIT... And Quaker Oats, everybody loves Quaker Oats. You all think it's run by Quakers? It never was. Never was. MIT and Quaker Oats Company agreed last week to pay $1.85 million to children at the Walter E. Fernald State School who were subjects of nutrition studies. They called it nutrition studies. Listen to this during the 1940s and 1950s as part of an out-of-court settlement. The students were fed breakfast cereals, Quaker Oats. There's a deal with, they knew, Quaker Oats company knew what they were doing. And so did definitely MIT. MIT is a big government player, big front company, basically. The students were fed breakfast cereals laced with minute amounts of radioactive iron and calcium tracers. Children, children, were encouraged to take part in the testing with promises of gifts or trips to the Red Sox games. Do you realize that people who will do this will do anything? Do you realize that? Do you? Do you realize the government had to be involved in this and given approval? 
children. Fernald had been officially designated as a school for retarded children, although some of the residents at the time of the experiment were not retarded. Following the declassification of federal records, government records, if they wait till they're declassified, on post-war radiation experiments in 1993, that's how long they kept it quiet. A state task force investigating post-war radiation experiments throughout Massachusetts found children at Fernald were used in experiments without the informed consent of parents. A class action suit against MIT and Quaker Oats was filed by former students in December 1995. This is a statement issued following the settlement said that the money will come primarily from MIT. Well, they're funded pretty well completely by the government. They're an advanced arm, really, of the communications industry as well. And the CIA. And the NSA. I look on it as the, the tuition of 20 students, said Vice President for Research and Dean for Graduate Education, Jai David Litzer, PhD, 65, who investigated MIT's involvement in the Fernald experiments and presented his findings to the State Task Force in 1994, the Institute is not insured for such a liability, so the money for the settlement will come directly from Institute funds, Litzter said. The amount of money going to each individual subject to the experiment will depend on the number of people who file claims, how many of them are dead of cancer, is it? That will be secret too, you see. I remember reading on the air an experiment that the British Navy had done on behalf of the British government, Department of Defense, on people of Norwich, where ships off the coast opened up canisters of a certain kind of gas, uh, which had various poisons in it, and cadmium was the main one, cadmium, and they sprayed it using the wind to carry it into the, into the coastal area and across the, the county. And then the National Health Service could record the people's health going downhill quietly, mind you, and secretively for the rest of their lives. I told people we don't have to worry about the Russians or the Chinese when you, when you know what your governments have been doing on you. There was the same thing in California, San Francisco, years ago, when naval ships, U.S. naval ships, had done the same thing with types of flu and let it spread all over the city. And the things that are going on now, well, they won't make it public for about 50 years after we're all dead with all kinds of strange causes that doctors simply are not educated to diagnose. This sudden allergies and sudden this and sudden that and complete immune response collapses, etc., etc. That's how it's going at the moment with the GM foods. They know what they're doing. Chronic aging diseases diabetes type 2 now is treated pretty well solely by insulin for years it was, was treated simply by a little pills to stimulate the pancreas and weight reduction it worked fine what's happened to the bodies back with more after these messages you're listening to the republic broadcasting network because you can handle the truth.
through the matrix. Now, when you go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com, although you'll be transferred to the Jenkins site, I'm going to put up links at the end of this show to, to, on genetically modified foods. And a lot of the details, even one from Greenpeace of all places, where they, they list uh, all the different types of vegetables that have been modified. And they also show you ways to try and avoid buying this kind of stuff. It's so difficult to do because we're not given all the information. As I say, it's all done in secretive methods. We're not let in until after the facts always. And some countries won't even label the GM food at all. And even when it comes to organic labeling, there's a difference between 100% organic and, and 70% and so on. It gets very, very confusing. So uh, I'll put these links up anyway. I'll give you an idea of what they've been into. And it's pretty well everything that you, you take on a fairly regular basis as a staple diet, even the coffee. And I've talked about the coffee before, where it was the purchasers who demanded about eight years ago, nine years ago, they demanded that the growers start using the modified uh, coffee bushes. Even though the growers were not complaining about lack of profits or not enough yield or anything like that, it was the purchasers who, who were the big stick, obviously, who would simply bypass you unless you changed to the modified ones. Why? Why was that so important? Why was it so important? It's not just Monsanto and these boys uh, wanting to get extremely stinking rich. It's not that at all. They'd love for us to believe that. As I say, if there's 1% of plausibility to something, the public generally will accept it and ignore the 99% of the alarm bells that are going off. And that's, again, how you treat children, giving something that's kind of far out but 1% plausible. It's good enough for us. So, as I say, I'll put these links up on my site at the end of the show. Go in and have a, a good read through them. It's quite extensive, but it's better reading this kind of stuff than into the trivia or watching television, because this might just help extend your life, if not save it. And I always laugh, too, when things are, are announced as to come when they've, they're already been done uh, and implemented uh, in the, within the public sphere. This is from the Washington Post, and it's from yesterday, May 26. It says, President Obama is expected to announce late this week that he will create a cyber czar, a senior White House official who will have broad authority to develop strategy to protect the nation's government-run and private computer networks, according to people who have been briefed on the plan. Well, guess what? It was just last week there, a whole bunch of new regulations and snooping went on, was implemented on behalf of the cyber war crews across the U.S. and Canada and Europe. So they, they announced it as though it's still to come. This advisor will have the most comprehensive mandate granted to such an official to date and will probably be a member of the National Security Council but will report to the National Security Advisor as well as the Senior White House Economic Advisor, said the sources, who spoke on the condition of anonymity because the deliberations are not final. As I say, this is already done. The announcement will coincide with the long-anticipated release of a 40-page report 
that evaluates the government's cybersecurity initiatives and policies. Now, the policy part's important because you're going to see massive takedown of sites that are deemed politically incorrect. Guarantee it. It's already happening. It says the report is intended to outline a strategic vision, strategic vision, I love these words, strategic in warfare, and the range of issues the new advisor must handle, but will not delve into details, administration officials told reporters last month. Cybersecurity is vitally important, and the government needs to be coordinated on this, a White House official said Friday, speaking on the condition of anonymity. The report gives conclusions and next steps. It's trying to steer us in the right direction. Do you realize... Go through the history of the Internet. It was the U.S. and the NSA that had the system all throughout the Cold War. And by the time they'd watered it down for the public's use, they were in complete charge of it back then when they first gave it to us because they, were going to, they weren't going to allow anything to get out of their grasp. So all this stuff about cyber, terrorism, etc., is utter nonsense. They can trace anybody, anytime, immediately. They have more information on you and what you've, you've done in the past on the Internet than you'll ever, ever remember. They have all laid out dates, times, everything, content, you name it. So what's it really all about? Is to start taking down those sites who are making a difference. That's what it's for. They gave us a few years to play with it. They want to get people hooked on it. And now they're bringing in the cloud shortly. And they don't want the nuisance factors being out there, giving alternate information to the public. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It says the document will not uh, resolve the politically charged issue of what role the National Security Agency the premier electronic surveillance agency will have in protecting, protecting private sector networks. The issue is a key concern in policy circles, and experts say it requires a full and open debate over legal authorities and the protection of citizens' emails and phone calls. Well, they've already told us they've been monitoring all our emails and phone calls for years. So there you have your double speak. It's interesting, too, that, that uh, supposedly Obama, I say supposedly because I think these presidents and prime ministers simply do what they're told by the higher authorities when they get in. But Obama is um, going full steam ahead with his plans for pre-arrest, they call them pre-arrest, that's what they called it in Britain when they brought out their anti-terrorism bill, meaning uh, they can grab you kidnap you and hold you indefinitely could be the rest of your life uh, without informing anybody or any relative or anything where you are or the fact that they've done it uh, on, the, on, the, on the simple suspicion that you might you might commit a crime you might commit a crime that's against completely against the constitution but hey who's worrying about that these days it's pretty well been trashed and the last part of the trashing is happening right now and it truly is up to the public to make us think about it, if they want it or not. It truly is. And their legal definition. Anyone can be just snatched off the street, 
and disappear on pre-arrest, like the movie Minority Report. That's why they put the movie out. It was part of the, the conditioning towards what was to come. Gets it familiar in your, eye, in your head so it doesn't shock you when you hear it for the first time. It's kind of familiar to you. Predictive programming. Amazing, eh? The U.S. was the only country at the time when it first started up to give protection against this kind of thing to the average person. The first in the world, the history of the world. Kings and queens could do, were doing this stuff regularly all down through history. Just grabbing folk, shoving them in dungeons, torturing them, killing them. There was no warrants in it. They weren't even necessary. The U.S. was the first country to come out and give the people rights. Now you're watching them utterly trashed. Utterly trashed. Incredible. Now, getting back to the, to the modified stuff and what else is getting used, here's an article here. It says, MSG is crop spray. Currently, the EPA has approved a new crop spray called Oxygrow, which contains 29.2% pharmaceutical-grade glutamic acid, which is MSG, for use on crops in the U.S. This is despite the fact that the FDA in 1995 proposed that free glutamic acid be labeled due to its potentially deadly effect on individuals with asthma. What's been rocketing in the last while? And I've been reading the reports of them. And there's two links on the site to do with this particular problem. But it says here, it says, note also the EPA's links above. That's the two there'll be. I'll put these on my site at the end of the show. The agency is not requiring information on the endocrine effect, effects on these compounds at this time. So why? Why are they not going into the endocrine effects as well? Says waivers have been requested for acute toxicity, genotoxicity, reproductive, reproductive, very important. It's amazing how each thing that they do to the public fulfills part of the mission of reducing the population. Reproductive and developmental toxicity, subchronic toxicity, chronic toxicity, and acute toxicity to non-target species based on GABAs, ubiquity in nature, use as a pharmaceutical agent, favorable toxicological profile, and chronic and other toxicological studies and inconsequential exposure resulting from label-directed uses. These waivers were granted. <laughs> and what they're even wondering is, is, we believe that the reason is this, it may have been responsible, may have, I think it's partly responsible, for colony collapse disorder that has been resulted uh, in devastating beehives in the U.S. and elsewhere. So one theory is simply this. Bees use pheromones. Chemical signals affect nearly all of their most important behaviors. The one we suspect that is involved here is O-aminocetophone, phenone it's called. This particular pheromone is naturally released by the queen and repels the workers when she feels threatened. Unfortunately, this compound is found in fermented dairy products as well. Unfortunately, because dairy is high in MSD, casein was chosen as the food item used to make oxygrow. It contains hydrolyzed casein. We suspect since this agricultural use, 
that there are probably traces of O inexistent aminocetophenone still present in Oxygro, basically spraying this stuff from airplanes has blanketed the country with a very pheromone that tells bees to abandon the queen. Not very bright, if you ask us. But the other part of the problem is the fact is the bees also are going for the pollen, the flowers, and all the stuff that's modified, and it's killing them off as well because the stuff is soaked in pesticide, partly. That's partly it. But I think it's also... And they also make their own pesticide, remember, and herbicides. This poisonous. Poisonous. Amazing, isn't it? Now I've talked about the big, big foundations and how they fund thousands of other foundations under the guise of charity and philanthropy. And it isn't until you manage to, to get someone sneaking into their meetings, you find out they're all about generally depopulation and so on, and how to manage society as they go through this agenda, these wonderful philanthropists. And I've gone through the histories of some of the, the top foundations that started up uh, the late 1800s, early 1900s, and how they had their own magazines out at the time to do with eugenics, and they had the perfect American family photographs at their, on their journals every month and so on. And these are the same foundations that meet today and are still under the guise of philanthropy. And I've mentioned, too, how it's run on the same system as the Soviet Union because the foundations fund the non-governmental organizations which lobby government. And then government says, well, we have to act. These people have demanded this happen. And then they say that people have spoken. Well, the people haven't spoken. The lobby groups demanded. That's how the Soviet Union was run. Soviet means ruled by councils. And every NGO in the Soviet Union, they had their leaders appointed by the Politburo. Here, the foundations simply do it and bypass governments. This is from the telegraph.co.uk. How the government funds lobby groups to lobby it for money. It says, what have the following groups all got in common? This is May 25th. What have the following groups all got in common? Bath and Northeast, Somerset Racial Equality Council, Black and Minority Ethnic Careers Support Service, Camden and Westminster Refugee Training Partnership, Consortium of Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual and Transgender Voluntary and Community Organizations, Gypsy Travel Education and Information Project Northeast, Mosaic Black and Mixed Parentage Family Group, National Council for One Parent Families, they're getting funded by government, North Yorkshire Black and Minority Ethnic Strategy Board, Pakistan Community Association and Multicultural Advice Center. Now that's only a little bit, and they're focusing mainly on the minorities here. It's much, much bigger than that. It's every aspect of social existence. So you've got it. They're all paid for by you. The taxpaying fools among a list of 286 organizations funded by your generosity this year, thanks to that £80 million super quango, the Quality and Human Rights Commission. If the next government is serious about ridding our country of what is now quite a serious corruption problem, it could start with the EHRC which is not just an expensive waste of money, but a menace both to race relations and transparent government. Many of the groups on the list are perfectly harmless. There's nothing wrong with them, provided they're paid for by private individuals. But the dividing line between charity and lobby group is always grey, and some of the charities listed are explicitly political and even have considerable influence on government policy. 
In some cases, the taxpayer pays for a pressure group to lobby the government to spend more money on funding for pressure groups, among other things. Meanwhile, the jobs advertised help to fund newspapers, both national and local, which use their editorial power to support this quangocracy and slander any critics as racists or homophobes. What we're left with is a socialist negative feedback loop in a system that exists as it once was said about both the French aristocracy and the Soviet Communist Party solely in order to exist. That's from the telegraph.co.uk. And that's when we're scraping a little bit off this kind of racket that goes on. Every country's doing it. I still wonder why during the Cold War, during the Cold War, the Canadian government was funding supposedly radical groups, ultra-feminists, beyond feminism, and beyond everything else, uh, beyond even anarchy, and funding uh, restaurants and coffee houses where they could go and sing radical songs. I found this out when I was asked to sing at one of them, and the person asked me to sing something more radical. I said, well, why? And she said, because that's how we get our funding from the government, is to promote radicalization of society. Go into it and see the grants. That's a fact. It's written right there in the government policies on these groups. They must be for radical change. Radical. Well, who's guiding the change, do you think? It's not the ordinary citizen. Who's guiding the change? Who's in charge of this? And where are we all going? I'll be back with more after these messages. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. And I'll try and grab some of the callers here. And we'll go to Ches from South Dakota. Are you there, Ches? Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call, Alan. How are you? Not so bad. Yeah. Hey, um, yesterday and, then of course, today you were talking about the GMO crops. And I had seen a, a seminar by Jeffrey uh, Smith. You know, they cover soy, cotton, canola, and corn. Mm-hmm. But he said the number five, the big, the big one that's in the future is going to be the sugar beet, which is 30% of That's sugar. right. They've already passed that, and it's in production now. Yeah. Well, see, this was recent, and then I looked it up, and it turned out they've already been doing that in early 2008. Yeah. And that's pretty much Michigan's big crop. Mm-hmm. And, and it actually points out Monsanto on the thing I was reading. Yeah. So that that uh, closes a big uh, escape path for a lot of people trying to be natural. I know, the, the, the thought of everything that you would do as a person when you find out and you're trying to uh, close all the doors until you've got no option but to, to eat what they supply you with. Yeah. Yep, yeah, all the, that's what all those processed foods really do. It's just, like you said, it's one man behind the whole thing and people yep. don't see that. Mm-hmm. Um, something else real fast, I was at a, um, a lubricants convention uh, uh, seminar up in Duluth last week and I won't give the company name, but we, we were talked to by some trend experts, and, and there's something interesting going on in the diesel market. It has to do with all this. You're talking about the EPA and emissions. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, okay, diesel foot emissions are not on the same level as hydrocarbons that gasoline engines emit, mm-hmm. but because they're black, this whole greening thing, it's easier to point the finger at diesel trucks. Yeah. Well, since 2006, they've been putting these, Diesel particulate filters, it created a whole new industry. It cost 
two to ten thousand dollars to to outfit these trucks now. Yeah, including light trucks. They're not attacking the cars just yet. Mm-hmm. The diesels are becoming less efficient. Right when everybody tells us everything is going to go diesel, <laughs> yeah. well, we just found out that um, they're choking these emissions off. They weren't bad in the first place, mm-hmm. and now it's it's going to stop transportation companies. And there's only going to be like two or three big transportation companies. This that's is another idea, that's, lie. That is the idea behind it too. And plus, you know, everything that the, the trucker has to do to his rig to keep it on the road, including the filters, has to be passed on to the consumer, and that's everything that's transported to your stores. <laughs> well, you're going to laugh about this. I'm not too happy about this, but the company that I represent, they acted like, well, they they went with the global warming thing. Mm-hmm. Even though I get their little side emails where they're talking about how it's all fake, like you know, I believe. Yeah. But. They said, hey, look, we're going to be the ones to profit from this. And, and that's such a double standard. Even my own colleagues, people at my level, talk like that rather than yeah. say, well, you know, we know this is a big lie. We need to yeah. fight it. Yeah. So it, even the people in your neighborhood give in when it comes to making a dollar. I know. So, I know. But, but I'll leave you on that. I was kind of stressed about that. I've, I've been watching this. No one's talking about it. Yeah, and, and it, we're at the end of the diesel. What are we going to do after diesels? You know, they want to get rid of gasoline vehicles. What, what, to, yes. what, what do you make of that? <laughs> well, I, I guess it's about phasing all things out eventually. As I say, they, they've even said in their own reports there'll be sudden reductions in about 30 years of the entire world's population. So they've got all figured out as they, as, they, as they start bringing it all down. In fact, it's all figured out. Yeah, it's a timetable. In fact, well, thank you a big business plan. Thanks for calling. For the other callers, please call tomorrow. This hour just shoots in and I never, I never even get through most of the articles that I'm ready to read to you. This is a shame. Look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com which is going to Jenkins for all the links for tonight's topics. From Hamish and myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night and may your God or your gods go with you. Mm-hmm.